Welcome to the All In Your Head podcast, where we get all in your head. We are a mental health podcast focused on anything and everything mental health. We will have special guests ranging from mental health experts, mental health advocates, and just everyday people with real struggles. We will share laughs, we will share cries, but most importantly, we will have real conversations about mental health. So with that being said, let's get all in your head. Woohoo! So we are doing a performance series, and we are now in the section of the performance series where we're talking about relationships. And this is using the Spire a performance model, a model that I created in working with individuals. And I find that this area is just really, really important. And as I was talking to a client the other day, you don't have to go through any kind of certification or training to have a child. I'm really happy to have both of you on the podcast today. So we're going to be talking about parenting. If you all could just introduce yourselves to the audience. Yeah, I'm Jackie Rue and I, uh, from Chicagoland area, I have actually two adult children myself, 24 and 25. And I, um, along with Robin, do a lot of uh, consulting with school districts in the area, as well as working a lot with families and parents just on um, some of the topics we're going to talk about today. Hi, and I'm Dr. Robin Choquette. I am in Kansas City, moved here a couple years ago, was in the Chicagoland area, and that's where Jackie and I met. And um, I have my own private practice. I have two, uh, three girls. Um, they are much older than Jackie's girls, so therefore I am much older than Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> we don't necessarily always talk about that. And I'm just really excited to be here through my work with private practice and Jackie and I, all the work we've been doing. We really believe in supporting families. We're dedicated to um, this population in terms of working and helping families because I truly believe when you talk to parents, they are invested just because of everything that's going on. Sometimes it's really hard. And I'll just mention for the sake of this podcast that I have three children one is about mm-hmm. to be a 13, 13 year old girl, and one is a 12 year old girl, and then a six year old boy. So I am the in the midst of it all. And I've actually been teaching parenting for a long time, even before I had kids. And uh, it's just different lens, I think, when you when you do have kids. And I think you can be effective at teaching parenting skills if you don't have kids. For me, it just created a lot more empathy. I was certainly that parent, uh, not that parent, I was that person who would be at a restaurant and I'd see all these struggles that parents would be having with their kids in a restaurant and I'd be judging the heck out of them before I had kids. <laughs> now that I have kids, like I get it, I get it. I'm right <laughs> there with you. So as it relates to parenting, what is your all's general model or framework for parenting? Well, Jackie and I have uh, written a book actually on parenting and and it was developed through a lot of our work together at a behavioral health hospital in uh, the Chicagoland area. And what we really discovered was it wasn't just the, you know, client coming in, the student. Um, It was really the family would, if we could support the family in a way that could help them make some changes, we could see that lasting effect. And so we really created a model based on all of the knowledge that we have, plus research and all of that. Jackie, do you want to go ahead and explain our five-level model? Yeah, you know, and and just to kind of piggyback um, kind of on what Robin said is part of it became, um, you know, like you said, you know, Jamie, understanding that parents, 
you know, are coming from a place of wanting the best for their child and and not being judgmental, but helping families. Ooh. Look, being in the behavior health space, I know how frustrating it can be to not know the current status of your insurance reimbursements or even how much you will get reimbursed. Illuminate Billing Advocates is championing better behavior health billing through their tools like their dashboard that provide full transparency into your claim cycle. Check out more at illuminatebilling.com. Um, and so part of the work in, in, you know, is helping families understand. And, you know, the first model, it's a five level plan is having families take an honest look at kind of what they're wanting things to look like. Right. I often ask parents, you know, what do you want your child to look like when they're 25 or 26 and how do you feel things are going? And, and this is kind of a fun first step for us because so often, and as a parent, I got caught up into this. I wanted my child to be resilient and confident, but so often when she would struggle, I would, it would pull at my heartstrings and I would even become anxious and I'd, I'd reassure her and want her to be, you know, happy. But so often I recognized that was sending the wrong message, right? I wanted her to be confident and resilient. So if I'm stepping in and intervening or hovering, then that's not helpful, right? And so our first step of this plan is really looking at what are your goals of parenting and you know, how do you differentiate that emotional reactivity versus parenting out of those goals of wanting these things for your child? Yeah, I really like that because we often think about cultural sensitivity as it relates mm-hmm. to parenting and imposing right. our own values, mm-hmm. our own culture onto other people. And teaching them how to parent, how we would parent our own kids. Mm -hmm. But I like how you start with that question, because essentially what you're pulling from them is what is your goals and values Mm -hmm. in regards Mm -hmm. to parenting? So you can meet them where they're at instead Mm -hmm. of saying, Hey, parent your kids. Like I parent my kids because your, your situations are probably completely different. Right. A hundred percent. I was going to say, I remember years ago, Jackie and I were presenting and one of the things a a lady came up and she was Chinese and she said, "I, I love what you guys are doing because I also work with families, you know, who are Chinese and you're not giving us what your culture, what you believe it is, we get to develop on, on what's important to us. And so that definitely is, you know, that's kind of that second step in that pyramid is looking at their values. And as Jackie said, helping them to create that. So that's something we definitely really reinforce. I'm not sure I know of a lot of parenting models that do that. I, 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 there's a lot of parenting models that are out there. And as I reflect on many of them, it's this, do it this way, because yes. this will work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it does work. And if that's in line with your values, I think it works perfectly. But there is a disconnect when that model and the values of that model doesn't necessarily align with your goals or your values. And so I like that you are pulling that information first, opposed to just saying one size fits all do this. Yeah. And we have an activity, you know, along with level one in our workbook that um, this was helpful for me. It takes a look at how we were parented and our experience with our own childhood. Um, it's interesting because, you know, some, some parents will say, I want to be nothing like my parents. Some say I want to be, you know, more similar, but some of us that have trauma in our own childhood, or we've had things that have occurred um, that can be hot buttons for us in our parenting, right? Maybe I had abuse when I was 13 and now my daughter's 13. That can be a trigger, right? So we we do have some exercises that we we have parents or family members, because it's not always parents. Sometimes it's grandparents. Sometimes it's, you know, aunts and uncles that are parenting too and siblings. Right. Um, but we have them take a look at, you know, with caution, but what are some of their own experiences 
that maybe are, you know, causing or triggering them to parent in a certain way. And so helping them kind of see, so they are leaning in and, and doing things more out of their goals. And it really is a personalized, and that's why we call it the, the successful growth model, personalized family plan. And is this the level two is that values and goals. So at the beginning, they do the assessment. And as Jackie was saying, is that we are starting to incorporate the values. And then the second level, we have them to really write those down. Mm -hmm. And and when they're viewing their child as an adult, what do they believe um, that individual needs to look at to be successful, given what they would define as success. And so in helping them to really start to think about their child as an adult, but in that level one, we've had them really to look at where their child truly is in the moment, mm -hmm. where they are now. They may be intellectually, you know, a very bright child, but emotionally we may see that lag. And so helping them to understand devo uh, emotional development, that's something that we really work on as we move on up. And the third level is where we talk about effective communication mm -hmm. and effective language. You know, I, I think too often we'll tell parents to say X, Y, and Z, but that doesn't once again always fit them and what they're looking for. And what is effective given your goals and what you're trying to do? What is effective in your family to get that achieved? And so it's always moving it back to where they are, mm -hmm. what they want and what fits their family in really looking at the language that they're using and what are they doing in terms of, you know, their language, their behaviors, are those connected in a way that reinforces what they're trying to do? Yeah. We talk a lot about too, like level three is communication, right? You know, I always joke with parents because, you know, have you ever like gotten a power struggle with your kid in one, you know, have you ever <laughs> yelled or screamed and it, you're like, wow, that was effective. And so yeah. often, you know, we all do it, right? I've done it. I've yelled at my kids. I've power struggled tons of times with my children. And, you know, my adult children, I laugh. They didn't listen to probably a damn thing I said, but they act just like me, right? <laughs> and it's it's true, right? We we model for, you know, how we yeah. want them to behave. And so if how we regulate is is how they're like, you know, learning to regulate. And and so often we do talk about communication. If it's not working, don't keep doing the same thing, you know try, try different, not harder. And so sometimes for parents, just teaching them how to communicate differently, right? Don't, don't yell, don't scream, you know, sometimes listen, talk less. Mm. Uh, our kids are telling us they oh, feel like adults head. are on their tech ooh, too much. Ooh. You know, our kids mm. are struggling communicating. And so just teaching parents how to be with their children, how to c communicate, how to connect is a huge part of our model because, so often parents will say like, I walk in the house and the kid slams the door. Well, what's the first thing you're saying to the child, right? Mm -hmm. Like, are you nagging about grades? Are you, you know, are you stressed? But we do a lot of activities around that. And parents will say it is, it's so much better when they can feel confident that they can have some time with their child and really connect and, and get along with the child. Yeah. And that power struggle is what we see starts to go down as we're teaching them. You know, we use a lot of it's your choice and helping the child to make a decision of what's going to happen based on the structure and the parameter that the parents give. So they give the structure around, you know, expectations that they have. And then the child has a choice if they decide to follow it. This is what will occur. Mm -hmm. These are the privileges that you're going to get. If it doesn't, then you know you will not be getting those privileges. So we're not doing a lot of punishing and pulling things away, but there are definitely consequences if they choose 
a behavior that is not a great, you know, choice, mm -hmm. you know, leaving the house without being asked. I mean, that's not a good choice. And you're demonstrating that you are making poor choices. And then we get concerned about what's happening. And an individual that's doing that, should they really be walking around with a phone? And parents will say, well, no, they're really not demonstrating that. So then that starts to empower the parents and the families but it really empowers the child to make a decision. If I really want that phone, then I probably am going to have to do these few things that my parents are asking me. And it just decreases, as Jackie says, you know, those arguments and fights, we just start to see those decreasing and they're starting to have some actual conversations. Yeah. And a lot of the kids I work with, there's anxiety, depression, mental health issues, mm -hmm. um, school refusal, eating disorders, self-injury, you know, so I deal with a lot of students, kids that are struggling with those different things too. I mean, this, the parenting model works really for all families, but in particular mm -hmm. kids, chronic medical issues too, mm -hmm. um, you know, level four is about emotional awareness, right? You know, just being able to manage your emotions. Like I said, I'm teaching my child how to regulate how I regulate if I'm screaming and yelling, you know, and my child then has outbursts. Well, it's not the parent's fault, but right. The child is learning from the parent, you know, even things like anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we work a lot on just modeling behaviors. I have some families that the only thing I work with them for a while is it's even like a, a little bit of a safety plan. When you start to ramp up, go in the bathroom and take two minutes, you know, walk away because what happens when we become elevated and emotional, right? We're going to be more prone to yell and scream and say things that we're later going to regret. Um, those are the times where you might even see physical abuse or things like that. And so we're teaching parents to understand their baseline, work on regulation before implementing other things, right? Because you don't want a parent to be implementing limits and all these other things if they can't stay regulated themselves. And so sometimes it's just working on those things. If I have a parent that has addiction issues or a parent that struggles with their own mental health, it's, it's tapping into those things. And those all go into that level four dealing with emotions, because if we can't get that baseline for the adult, we're almost putting the child in harm's way by having the parent do things um, that could result in, you know, increased conflict, increased potential abuse situations. As I mentioned at the beginning, I have a almost 13 year old and 12 year old and they're now getting to the age where they will point out discrepancies between what I say and what I do. And I hate it. I hate it. And I love yes. it. You know, it is some reflection for me. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I, I enjoy and I think is helpful. But at the time when they do it, it stings a little bit yes. <laughs> because yes. I'll tell them to do something and they'll say, well, daddy, you've done it this way. And mm -hmm. that's that like, ouch, that hurts a little bit. And I think the other part, and we all know this, right? Safety, security is created by consistent structure. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're really helping the parents to do. As Jackie says, taking that time out, being able to understand where they are, they're going to be able to be less impulsive. And so when they respond, it's going to be way that's probably more in line to what they want and what they believe. And it, they're going to be able to be consistent with that. And the child's going to start to get that. I mean, it's going to take several weeks. I was talking to a father this morning and I said, yes, and this is going to take several weeks weeks, they may continue to be angry. They may continue to push back a little bit. But I have found most of the times when you are consistent and when you maintain that in a way that is aligned to what you're trying to do and the values that you hold and your family holds, it's going to work 
It's just, can you ride that wave out? And that's where you have to really recognize your own emotional piece and, and what kind of triggers you, right? I know for me, when my, you know, I have a story of when one of my girls wasn't honest and I lost it. I mean, it's the worst parenting story ever. <laughs> well, probably not the worst. I've had more, I'm sure. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it it's just one of those things to understand. For me, honesty was a big thing. It's a high value for me. And when my child didn't do that, I had to really check myself and step back and go, am I making it about me or am I making it about her and what's happening now? All in your and head. so ooh, part of ooh. one of our things we have parents to do is really look at some of their obstacles in parenting. Like is, you know, something like if my child is lying, is my child uh, lonely? Is my child sad? Does my child, do I view them as, um, you know, not weak, but fragile. Mm -hmm. You know, do I view them as anxious? Am mm -hmm. I willing to come in and, and kind of step in and help them and, and encourage sometimes that avoidance behaviors? So helping parents to understand that we're going to get more consistency within that structure. Yeah, and I think it's also important, as you mentioned, Robin, that things may not get better right away, but also things could get worse at first, mm -hmm. right? Because right. especially if, if you're imposing more, you know, more restrictions, or if you're setting better boundaries, it's natural for kids to resist that at first. And parents will want to give up right away. And they'll say, I tried it, it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure you've experienced that all the time as well. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, and I, all kids are going to struggle. I mean, and that's the fact, every kid's going to have a hard time. Every kid's going to struggle at some point. And I think parents worry so much, right? And I always say just because a kid's struggling now does not mean they're not going to be successful tomorrow. It's how we teach them how to struggle and bounce back is where we gain that resiliency and the grit. Yeah. Um, but parents get so stuck on my child's not going to be successful and they really, nothing works, nothing's helpful versus more of that growth mindset. My child is going to struggle when they do struggle. I'm going to come alongside them and we're going to see some growth, maybe not today, maybe next week, but you know, some of my biggest success stories are kids that were the hottest messes in high school, right. Or middle school or elementary, and now they're thriving adults. So, you know, struggling is not an indicator of success tomorrow. And I think we just have to remember that as parents. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, then we get to level five and in level five is we're taking all of this information that we've gathered, we we're taking all of their goals, we're taking everything that they have talked about, and we start to create a plan mm. and help them to identify, you know, they have these out long-term outcome goals, right? And we want them to be able to stay in the process and to be able to have expectations that's moving them towards the goal. But if we have them to be able to stay more of that process mindset, they are not doing that. Oh, we're not working. Nothing's working. Because when we compare to what we're wanting in the outcome, which we've all uh, you know said here, it's going to take a little while to get that going. And then everyone's going to struggle at some point. If we only look at the outcome goal is our way to measure, you're going to miss all of the improvement. You're going to miss mm -hmm. the gains and the goals and the things that you're accomplishing along the way. And so we really help them to understand in this phase of here's, you know, your plan for your parenting and how can you execute that and staying in that process without reacting and responding in a way that kind of makes everyone feel like it's a failure, nothing's working. 
Mm-hmm. I just love that you all have a model <laughs> and uh, and I, I'm half kidding because there's a lot of people out there who teach parenting that kind of make it up as they go. And uh, I'm I'm really glad that you have a model and, and I, I like your strategies. And specifically, as I mentioned at the beginning, I, I like that you're really pulling from them first and hearing what their, their goals, what their values are, and then you're meeting them there because there is no one way to do parenting. And I think that's a culturally aware and culturally sensitive way to do that as well. So you're you're not imposing your own values, your own uh, ways of parenting on other people to say, hey, this is the way, because there's not just one way. There's a lot of different ways. Right. To shift gears a little bit, because I want to go into a few other things. Thanks for sharing your model with us. And uh, at the end, I would like for you to also share where people can learn more about your model, because I think I think it's a great model. What What are some of the trends that you're seeing just in parents and families? I know we, we just went through a, a season of COVID where I think it just disrupted a lot of different things. We've got issues related to, to social media and, you know, there's even issues related to to violence in our community as well. So there's a, there's a lot of challenges mm-hmm. and a lot of distractions for parenting these days. But what are some of the trends that you all are seeing? I mean, I'm seeing a lot of families are just struggling with their own stress, anxiety, and mental health issues mm-hmm. and and this tendency to want our children to be comfortable and, you know, safe and happy and, you know, concerned about children, you know, dealing with stress or pressures they can't manage. Seeing a lot of parents parent out of fear versus kind of more that objectivity as well as um a lot of families come to me and say, you know, we're concerned about our kids on tech too much. Uh, you know, we know kids with mental health issues are more prone to get addicted to technology. And so many parents try to set limits with tech and kids become more reactive. They may even threaten self-harm or harm to others. We see increase in depression, anxiety with with tech and parents are mm-hmm. not sure how to set those limits. Um, and that lack of connection, you know, more kids are in the rooms and, and parents don't know how to spend time with with the kids in conversation, they don't know what to talk about, right? There's like this disconnect. And so we do a lot of just getting to know you again, you know, Mm. activities sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something I've been noticing and Jackie and I were talking about this the other day, I think coming out of COVID, you know, it was not a great thing, but one thing I'm hearing a lot of families say, I did like that. It just seemed like life was a little more simple And we, you know, we really kind of want to figure out how to get back to that. Because as things are ramping up, you know, spring sports are starting, families are now, you know, dropping off at baseball, soccer, track, all these different things are going on. And it's it's really starting to happen. And so I'm hearing parents and over probably the last six months, I'm hearing more and more of that, of we wanted to get it more simple as it was during COVID because things were happening. And I had one couple came to me and we were talking about it. And so their assignment was to to start to think about how to simplify Mm -hmm. things for them. And uh, they came back and they go, oh, this is really great. We went out to Instagram and I'm following, you know, these several accounts and they're talking about, you know, help simplify (laughs) family life. And, um, and then the other uh, partner said, yeah, and now we're ordering those meals that we have to prepare to everything's ready. And so then the next time they came in, they were like, Robin, Hmm. it's not simple. It's more effective. 
Hmm. Our life is not getting simpler. Hmm. We're actually fitting more in because now we're more effective and doing the things that we're doing. And and they said, then as we're watching Instagram, we're feeling like, hey, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. And now I don't have to spend as much time cooking. I can now spend time doing something else or as a family. And they say a lot of people will kind of market it as simple and making things more simple. It doesn't. It makes us more efficient. And so I guess that's one of the things to look for if you're really trying to do that. Are you executing things that really will really simplify your life or are you just being more efficient at it and therefore you're going to fit more stuff in? What are some of the pitfalls that you're seeing in parenting? And, you know, there's probably a, a lot to choose from, both from our own lives. I could tell you yes. some, of my, some of my own pitfalls, but what are some trends that you're seeing in, in regards to pitfalls? I think, you know, managing our own stress, right? Like parents being able to manage our own stress, you know, our own loss, our own struggles, you know, parenting looks easy on social media. Everyone looks happy and they're doing these great things, but the reality is parenting is hard and and we're parents, we're juggling work and parenting and families. And so it's, I think parents have a hard time with their own mental health right now and, Mm -hmm. and dealing with that and then trying to be this, you know, perfect parent that they feel like they're supposed to be, you know, they're getting it at all ends. Schools are saying your kid's not doing well enough in school, or they're getting it, you know, from their own parents and everyone's hearing a different message on what parenting should look like. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that stress and, and learning how to just be okay with whatever it is that it is and not, not trying to live up to some expectation of the perfect parent or the ideal parent. Cause our kids are going to struggle. Some kids will do well in school. Others won't do as well, but maybe they have other strengths. But I know for many parents, you know, they feel like they keep getting these messages from the school. Your kid hasn't done their homework. The kid hasn't done this. The kid hasn't done that. And parents are like, ding, ding, yeah, ding. yeah. I, I don't know what else to do, you know, or my, your kid's not going to school. They're not getting on the bus and parents feel like a failure when it's just, we need to join families right now and not be so kind of judgmental. Right. And we spend mm-hmm. a lot of our work, is about helping families, you know, kind of figure out that it's not, it's not kind of a terrible, awful thing, but we just, we need to see what's helpful and what's not, you know, you hear us say a lot, don't try harder, try different. It doesn't have to be perfect, but we have to, you know, have some progress. Yeah. And that emotional reaction is what I see is Jackie's talking about all the stress. I see that reactivity, that impulse to respond in their parenting and that usually just doesn't serve, you know, their their goals, their purpose, their family in a way that's healthy. And so I think that is one of the things that I really encourage parents to do is to figure out how to do that pause and look at their own emotional kind of reactions to things and why. I like that. Don't try harder, try different. I wrote that down because, yeah, sometimes we we keep doing the wrong thing more of the wrong thing. And if it didn't work before, it's not going to work if you do it more often. So I like that. That's like that famous quote where parents say, I've told you 15 times, you know, I'm not telling you one more time. And it's, (laughs) I have friends with little kids and I'll sit with them at dinner and don't do that. Don't do that. I said, don't do that. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, after the second time, you probably could stop (laughs) the child. It's almost becomes like a game. Right. But we do it. And I did this too. We we just keep doing the same thing and we're frustrated Mm -hmm. And it's exhausting. Yeah. I had one uh, young man and he was quite funny. And luckily the parents could laugh about it. But, you know, they said, you know, we've told you 15 times. And he goes, I know. 
you've told me 15 times, like at, at some point, come on, like this isn't working for us. And they were able to laugh about it. But and you know, he was kind of, I haven't done it 15 times and we're just at the stalemate. And so it was, it was a way in this family used the laughter a lot and luckily it was able to do it. But as Jackie said, you know, trying different sometimes really works. Yeah. I've even joked, we all have those as parents, those sayings that we just say all the time. We feel like it's mm-hmm. just like an auto repeat, right? And I've joked for some of mine that I just want to put on a t-shirt and just walk around all day with some mm-hmm. of these like common things I'm telling my mm-hmm. kids. So they just, just point at my t-shirt. So here's the, here's the hard part, but I think this could be beneficial for our listeners. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about tools and we've, we've talked about tools throughout and I certainly encourage people to take a look at your model too and, and find resources uh, in regards to your model. Yeah, Cause I think that could provide a lot of value, but what are some easy, quick things that make a big difference for parents that they can really take a look at and try to implement in, in their families? I truly think, and if I can get a parent to figure out how to do this is to be able to take some pauses and take pauses that are restorative. So mm-hmm. I talk a lot about restorative activities versus checking out and relaxation. Am I doing a passive relaxation? And that would be more doing like just simple deep breathing. And that can really kind of relax us. But are we also doing things that can be restorative as well, that re-energizes the individual. So finding those, and they don't have to be huge. You can find those in all different ways, but what works for you and think about in your life, what were things that you did? If you were an athlete, Mm -hmm. you know, what were some of the things that you would do? Because you were pretty exhausted in those times of playing. If you were a performing artist, the same thing, you had to have some kind of skills that kind of you, it brought you back to have the energy level to perform at the level that you wanted to. It doesn't matter at what level you played. Mm-hmm. So we really kind of tap into helping them to find ways to relax and relax that can be restorative or relax if they just need to check out. That's mm-hmm. okay. But if you have binged three shows and you don't feel any better, mm-hmm. well, that's kind of telling us that is not really kind of bringing you back to where you need. And when I explain it that way, parents are like, oh yeah, I get that. That makes a lot of sense for me now. And then we start to explore and talk about ways that's more restorative for them. Yeah. I like that. I think the only thing I would add is, you know, think about some of the first things you say to your child when you see them after school or after work, you know, are you taking time just to say, how are you, you know, when you're texting them or talking, are you kind of nagging, right? Or are you giving some space just to, you know, say something open-ended? And I think we need to listen more. I think parents, as parents, we spend a lot of time yelling, lecturing, nagging, but sometimes I think (laughs) just listening can be powerful, right? Right. And and saying very little, if if you are going to want to set a limit, you know, say it once, you know, follow through if you can, don't say anything you can't follow through with, don't empty threats, just, you know, create a bigger divide. But I think as parents, I found it helpful just to really listen without judgment, right? And when they say things, especially middle schoolers, right? High schoolers, they're going to say things that are going to cause us to get pissed, right? Like, you know, I'm never, I'm never going to, I'm moving away. I'm never coming home or I can't wait to turn 18 or screw you. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm getting a nose earring when I'm 14, whatever. Kids are impulsive. They're going to say things, right? If we react to everything they say, you know, so I try to just listen and, and tell me more about that. 
And the thing is half the time, they're not even going to tell you more because it was just a fleeting thought. Sometimes, uh, are they really going to go research it and come back now, but not getting so caught up in the argument, especially kids are learning new things right now, listening. And I think as parents, the more we listen, the more powerful that can be in just that connection. So you all have a model and I think you just gave us the tip of the iceberg of the model. And I think that there's a lot more and I think it can help a lot of people. And so how can people find out more about you all, find more about your model as it relates to parenting? Um, we have a website, successfulparentingplan.com. And so that is one way all of our information is listed on there as well. And we are on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. We are not on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok might be going away pretty soon anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I haven't quite learned that yet. Yeah. So uh, we're there and we post almost every single day. So it's pretty easy to find us on any of those. And then that can also lead you back to our um, webpage and then also our own podcast. Awesome. And what's the name of your podcast? Successful Parenting. Awesome. Well, Jackie and Robin, thank you for being on this podcast, the All in Your Head podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you for putting together a model for parents. Keep up the good work that you're doing. And uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. You have just listened to the All in Your Head podcast. Learn more by following Jamie Glick on LinkedIn or by subscribing to the Mental Health Training Camp YouTube channel. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call now or text 988 to get connected to free confidential support. Thanks for listening.